0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Hour Football Podcast, episode 99. Welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. Well, happy is a relative term, I guess. (laughs) We made it to 2022. Uh, Feels funny, but we're here. A New Year's come. We're flipping the page or I don't know, whatever phrase you want to use about the New Year, New You, same you, whatever. But as always, joining me is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you? Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year. And there's always this discussion until like what time is like the correct time to stop saying Happy New Year. Is it like the first <laughs> week? Is it like the first month? Is it because like the first time you actually see somebody?
0: Um, which, but yeah, Happy
1: New Year, everybody.
0: <laughs> which which um, this day and age, you can't see somebody maybe for like a month or two months. Yeah, that's sad though. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the first
1: couple of weeks is still good. We're still good. Uh, but yeah, Happy New Year. It's raining here. I have no idea why, but we have like a small thunderstorm over here, which is like a really weird way to start off the year. Um, and it's also Dia de Reyes down here in Mexico. So oh, yeah. happy Dia de Reyes. Did you do yeah. the roscas
0: already? I know you sent a picture earlier, but did you end up doing it?
1: I, I, I did want um, a couple of weeks, I mean, they, they sell them, it's like the same thing with the Pan de Muerto. It's supposed to be like a day of the dead thing, but they start selling it like since August. So the <laughs> Rosca de Reyes, we had it like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it took less than a week after they stopped selling the Pan de Muerto that they started selling the Rosca de Reyes. And it was like <laughs> Never too early. three months in advance. Um, but I actually haven't had that much this year. So we, we bought one before they just stopped doing it. And then we have an entire one for ourselves. Um, which we'll probably regret when we start seeing all that bread, but it's yummy. So, yeah, um, I'm going to do that. And I probably will do something with, with my family over the weekend and see who gets uh, tamales duty for February.
0: My my joke for the rosca thing is I can't afford another child. So, no, please don't give me the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Can you, can you get the... a
1: rosca in the States? Is it, is it easy to get one?
0: Oh, yeah. It's very, uh, it's like, it's kind of like what you said about like Dia de Muertos. Like it's very much at, now at this point, like a, uh, i don't want to say like what's the word that they use I'm, I'm blanking out but you know how like kind of like they commercialize certain like holidays mm-hmm. and stuff yeah i the uh, dia de reyes is finally getting like commercialized here in the states somebody actually had Ooh. a post um funny enough where it was like you can get like a roscas to go from starbucks like from the little <laughs> cafes like it's oh, a little yeah. tiny version of it but yeah it's getting a it's making its way into the culture around here in the United States Ooh, as well.
1: Interesting. We have those as well in the Starbucks. You can get like small, like like individual size one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll definitely see if you're if you're celebrating. Uh, happy Dia de Reyes I hope you got more presents and all that good stuff um, but he, we're here to talk about the greatest gift of all my segue is, so cute, <laughs> <which> is soccer <laughs> specifically Liga Mex specifically Mexican soccer we're gonna kick it off first with Liga Mex Femini which will be starting tomorrow um, the website actually has this really cool countdown that I don't think they've ever done um, but Adriana the Liga Mex Femini is kicking off Tons of stuff happened during the preseason, and I know we've both been busy, but I made a, I wrote a piece, um, if some of you have read it, thank you, on Footmax Nation. So we're going to kind of just go through it um, if you want, and you can let me know if you agree or disagree on what I thought was uh, good stuff happening in the preseason and not so good stuff. All right, so these are teams to watch, and these are the teams that I said basically have a very realistic chance at winning the title this season, and at number uh-huh. one I put América Feminine, and remember, this criteria is solely based on what they did during the preseason, during you know this time, this break between between one season to another. So I put América as number one, given all the signings that they've had. I know that we've we've been talking through our X Feminine chat um, throughout this entire movement, and América is notoriously known for making all these signings and departures. Our ongoing joke is that they're a little agency in and of themselves, <laughs> but I mean bringing in Kathy Martinez, bringing in Alison Gonzalez, uh, you know, securing Sarah Lubert, then Marina Scarlett Camberos, Nicki Hernandez, and Kimberly Rodriguez. I don't know. I put them at number one. What do you think, Adriana? It looks like we lost Adriana for a quick second. Adriana, you okay over there? I told you guys I was running over here.
1: So yeah, uh lost well, power quick sec, but I think we're back.
0: Okay, for sure. So I switched over to her phone because she lost power. Did you like, did you like candles like in Encanto? Do you have that gift? Do you have a gift where like you just activate something when the lights go out?
1: I don't, but it's, it's such a like a millennial thing. Like I do remember the power going out when I was like younger and it would take hours to come back and then you have to do your homework, you know, with candlelight and everything. Kids don't do that. They have they have it easy now. If the, if the light will only go away like for I don't know a few minutes or something. It, it's pretty rare for it to go out like a couple of hours or, some, or something now. So, yeah, I was one of kid kids that had to do my homework with candle when whenever the power went out.
0: <laughs> I actually th- I actually didn't think about that. It does feel in retrospect. It does feel like less time is wasted when the when the lights go out because we were still using candles sometimes in in my day, if if we can say that. So it does feel like. <laughs> It just feel like the kids don't know, don't know the strokes, don't know the strokes. Okay. But going back to, before we got rudely interrupted by the storm, um, my <laughs> rankings were number one America in doing the most during this preseason. Uh, do you agree or disagree?
1: I definitely agree. I think like the expectation just surrounding America has been amazing. I mean, they, they'd really have a title contending team for next season. No question about it. I mean, it wasn't only because they kept Sarah Lubert, which was just amazing. Like fans were just like, they were so happy. And I, I, they were just as worried when the tournament ended. They were like, no, is she leaving? What's happening? And they were like looking at her social media. Oh my gosh, she's still, still in Mexico. Um, stuff like that. And then you just had Addison and Gatti come over, um, which were just killer signings, to be honest, despite the fact that Alison uh, had a knee injury, which we don't know much about. We just know she had a surgery after after the tournament ended, but we're not entirely sure like what it's consisted of. So we're not sure how long it's gonna take for her to come back. Well, assuming it's a knee injury, it wasn't injury. So it might take uh, at least three months, I guess, which is pretty much the entire tournament. So, but despite that, just the fact of her being available for America, maybe for the GIGA, and then, Kathy, uh, like, would it's Kathy one of those like players, you know, how like for the men's side, we always said we want if Landon Donovan was gonna play in the Liga MX, we always thought America would be the team because you want those fierce players, those that like really represented to like the institution. I really think Kathy does that for America despite coming in from Tigres. I just think she'll have like that personality that goes so well with America. Um, So yeah, I mean, just having that, I was just thinking of like national team activity this year as well. It's going to be amazing to see so many America players just be in the possibilities for those qualifiers, Um, probably also getting the team into a little bit of trouble because if you start missing out on all those um, like league MX games, because you're with the national team, it, it might, you know, hinder the team a bit, but Otherwise, it's just an entirely like a really, really strengthened team. Like they're really the fuerzos. It's not like you lost players and then you're like compensating, bringing others in. You're just, you're just bringing them in, you know, and you didn't really lose that many players during the offseason. So you're really strengthening the team for next semester.
0: Yeah. And I think one of my one of my points for making them number one was that I don't feel like they're going to have as much trouble. It did feel like even though they are notoriously known for moving players. Um, so much that, you know, it's like a new, t- it's like a new team. You kind of have like your consistent, your Danis, um, your Montelas mm-hmm. kind of thing, but you know, the team moves so much or fluctuated in, in different positions that you did feel like it took them a little bit more time to try to find their form. Or like you said, these are real respostos that, where I don't think it's going to take too much time um, for them to kind of find their footing. And they're definitely going to be hopefully right in theory or on paper. They should be a threat going into the, the new season. Um moving into number two, as far as the offseason goes, I say Tigres Femini. I know that they're losing out on a huge player in Katy. They also just announced today that Maria Sanchez um headed over to Houston Dynamo. Um, but they're they've
1: always been known solidly for their depth. Um, um, I guess I got caught I, I up for a bit, but I, I was just saying, um, it's going to, they're gonna have like tons of pressure on them. That's the only thing that like like whenever a team brings in that many amount of players and really high quality players, the pressure is gonna be equally as strong surrounding them. So they're gonna have like no like like no wiggle room, you know. They're expected to have high results like from Jornada one. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Um, I put, I, as I was mentioning, I put Tigres for number two in terms of the offseason moves, um, not because they lost certain players, but I think when it comes to their depth, their, you know, Tigres is Tigres, their depth is is one of their strongest assets. And they brought in a, an additional international player with Nigerian uh, player Uchenakanu, which I think we'll we'll definitely have to see how she does um i think they also in in their right as a huge team have pressure going into this new season so we'll definitely see it but i put them as number two as far as preseason moves um heading to number three and this one might seem like why but there's a reason for it for number three i put chivas Femini in, in terms of their off-season moves now i know Choder left i know so to speak they haven't had too much movement but i think their greatest strength lies in the fact that they didn't have significant movement but what they did do is keep really important players licha cervantes is now extend, extended her contract till 2024 um jacqueline rodriguez also extended till 2024 and then you had jocelyn montoya extend her contract till 23 so i think for i think for chivas after that debacle rollercoaster prior to Chore, you know, they just needed consistency. And I think this past season, a lot of Chivas fans felt like that consistency was a little off, whether it was because of Chore's off the field situations going on. Um, He even, you know, in his resignation, he explained it was because of those off season things that he now needs to prioritize. I do feel like their foundation exists outside of the coach. And I think, I, I don't know what's going to happen under Alfaro, but I do feel like if you kept Licha, you kept Montoya, you kept somebody like Jacqueline. I know they brought in another player, I believe from Pumas. I, I can still see them being a title contender.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, probably like like you were mentioning, Chile's strength lies in like their consistency and their continuity. Um, still, I, I mean, they, they were. Um, this week when they like officially presented Alfaro as head coach coming in for, for Chore, who had to leave because of personal reasons, um, they, they did mention that it wasn't, they weren't really seeking to bring in players just like America did for instance. They're actually looking into bringing in the U 17 players who by the way are starting their first official tournament this season. So I, I really respect that. I think it's a very Chivas thing to do. Um, still it's going to be a while for you to actually have you 17 players that you can bring in and will actually make a big difference on the senior team level. So I wouldn't have minded if they got like a couple more players um, just to round up the team and, and make sure that you're in, in top position to start off and just making sure that, I mean, disregarding the fact you might lose some players again because of qualifiers, national team call-ups and all that stuff, um, you still have a team that's available, um, like just have really good players on the bench just because, you know, injuries are supposed to happen. You have COVID cases. So yeah, I, I just wouldn't mind minded like a couple more players just to make sure that we're like all our bases are covered.
0: Yeah. I think in the press conference as well, um, Nelly Simon also prioritized said that they're prioritizing their youth system. Um, like we, mm-hmm. uh, as you all know, from, I think a couple one week months ago, sorry, I'm losing my mind a little bit. Um, They announced, obviously, there's going to be, you know, kind of like a second division, if you will, for the Liga MX Femini, so there's going to be like a U17 structure, U15 structure, and I think Nelly Simon really wanted to make sure that people know that that's going to be a huge priority. Um, I think they've already brought some of the players from their youth development programs, um, if I'm not mistaken, to come play with the senior side, so it's going to be interesting to see how that works on the Femini side, but um, you know, I do think, like you said, that continuity. I think that goes into the system, the program in general, with the feminine that needs to exist outside of whoever controlling the team. Um, and just getting those players to really, you know, I think that's something with chivas in general that we'll get into later with the men's side. It's it's lacking lately, right? It's just like that that, that identity, that understanding of what that organization means, in general. Um, for the country and for the different leagues that they represent. And I think the feminist side is probably one step ahead right now from the men, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so I'll, I definitely want to see how they do um, going into this season. So we'll definitely have to watch. Under Alfaro, of course, a new coach as well. Coming in at number four in my teams to watch as a title contender. So this is last place technically in this category. I put Rayadas because up until I think they signed somebody today, I need to double check. But up until this point, they've had, they've been quiet. They're enjoying their championship round. (laughs) Eva Spejo, happy birthday to you on Thursday, January 6th. But it's been super quiet. I haven't seen anything. I mean, for what it's worth, if you feel like it's not broken, you don't need to fix it Espejo. but that's why they're in last. But with all that being said, as defending champs, I do still see them as a very dangerous side.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's like this. I mean, you could still, we talked about how, just how intimidating, not only their starting lineup is, but usually, usually as well. So you could definitely just lose players because of injury COVID or just transfers and, and still it would be really competitive. So I agree. I mean, they didn't have to do anything except probably keep most of the team and they're still just as powerful. So um, yeah, totally agree. Monterey could just be the following team.
0: So that's it for my teams that are very likely to possibly chase that title my second category now going into it is teams to entertain now these are teams that are league worthy which i see them fighting for a spot in the playoffs but i don't necessarily see them fighting for the title if it will coming in at number one i have cruz azul feminine just because i feel like they got a taste of the playoffs and now they're like you know what we're not holding back we want to do something different. We want to get more than just qualifying. We want to try to go as far. I don't know, maybe semifinals. So uh, Tania Morales, who was an instrumental part of the beginnings of Chihuahua's Feminine, says goodbye to her club and heads over to Cruz Azul. Then you got a whole other set of like fantastic players. Paola Lopez, who's been a guest on the show from Pachuca. You have Diana Garcia, Gabby Alvarez, Ana Gabi Lozada, Renata Huerta. I mean, I, again, there, you can't necessarily predict what's going to happen this season, but it looks like Carlos Roberto Perez has a pretty good, you know, like now has starting to build a foundation
1: over there at Cruz Azul. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was so happy to see so many players. When I saw Tania Morales and Ana Paula Lopez, I was like, wow, those are amazingly strong players to come into Cruz Azul. We'll definitely take on a leadership role as well with the squad. Um, I, I I just thought they were... So, like really great pickups from, from Cruz Azul and it also kind of shows me how serious they are like you were saying um, to really contend for another Ligia so I, I'm really happy to see what Cruz Azul did I think they had a competitive squad um, since last semester I think we definitely saw a different with Sul, but bringing in these players again it was not, not, not compensating for ones that you let go, but I really do think you, 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 are, you're better off right now than what you were last season. I mean, there's definitely a stronger squad, um, tons of experience as well, which I think will be really key um, for this semester. So I'm, I'm really happy with with what Cruz is doing, um, at least in the transfers, and I will just see if that translates onto the pitch, which I'm pretty sure it will.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely, I think that, I don't think they necessarily lack too much experience. I think they had some pretty good players already. I think it's more just like, you know, tying up those loose ends, filling in those little gaps here and there. And I think all these signings should definitely help sort that out. Um, So very excited to watch them play uh, this season as well. And they're kicking off the first game the season against Masatlán, my boyhood club. I'm so sad. But <laughs> Coming in at number two is another team that I think is also playoff-worthy um, return to it this season. Uh, this past season. I think they're going to come back again is Cholos Femenil. Now, as far as off-season, didn't have significant movement. I know there was a little bit of speculation about one of their star players, Renee It doesn't seem like she's going anywhere. And because of that, I do still see them as a threatening force to make it to the playoffs, especially given what we saw during... Uh, the Ligia, you know, I feel like we, I don't necessarily think we do it on purpose, but I do feel like there's such an underrated team. I mean, obviously, TMJ athlete Almitel um, Gonzalez was um, the top uh, goalie in the league. was a fantastic, had fantastic performance in the Yeah. They only got disqualified because of league standings, but they tied both of their um, quarterfinal and semifinal matches, which I think is super important. And of course, they have a great signing in uh, Angelina Hicks, who has just been an a- awesome player to help support that attacking side. So I still see them as a threat. Don't know if they'll get a title, but I think they'll do good this season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, Charlotte, this is one of those teams along maybe with, I remember I'm making it what was a pretty strong team in the first. Uh, seasons of Liga McFemenil, just consistently making it into Liga, you know, those like fifth, sixth positions, something that we're probably expecting to see with Pachuca sometime soon, but definitely Cholos has also taken one of those spots, you know, it, it's like the same way we know uh, Tigres, Monterrey, America, Chivas are going to be probably fighting in those first four, four positions, we're really expecting Cholos to make be one of those teams that uh, makes it to Liga cons- consistently, so. Yeah, definitely one of those teams that's really, I think it's probably also another strength that when teams have to have an, an away game in biquana It's just one of those teams that's a lot stronger when they're at home. So probably will make themselves even stronger this season. And again, continuity is also key for, for these teams as well because it was such a short upseason as well.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Coming in at number three, another team I think will hopefully be dangerous, but I put them ahead at number three, uh, uh, ahead of our number four for a reason, just because of the offseason moves. So I'm putting Pumas mm-hmm. at number three because they brought in uh, the first set of foreign players in Ariel Chauvin and Stephanie Ribeiro. Ribeiro was at America, come, now comes in. Ariel Chauvin comes in as, you know, the first Liga Max feminine foreign player um she is a TMJ athlete she's very very excited to get her her career started and she's very excited to play in Mexico so I think that it's a very exciting opportunity not just for her but for Pumas uh, as well as a as a, a organization and as a squad and then of course you have your experienced players um, in Marlin Camba, Dinora Garza, Fabiola Santa Maria I mean they've they've tasted Ligia quite a few times it's just they can never get past that threshold. You and I both said that we felt like Davila should have given a should have been given a little bit more time to um, to kind of get them to that next point. But they didn't. They didn't qualify this past season, and I think they're trying to get back to that place. And I think I think hopefully they can probably make it um, this season, maybe.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think that's the only thing we're missing from from Bulma. I, They were such a strong team at first two to three seasons they were probably the best team defensively and then they started losing players to other teams which was probably a mistake at this point because I think they was it was just a matter of making sure you're a bit better offensively but defense was was really spot on for Pumas so now I think it's just a matter of them having that continuity that we're just we were talking about some other teams I think that's what Pumas is like is just having that really solid squad that keeps on going for several seasons and then start making it to the yeah, um, not as regularly as they have been in the past.
0: Yeah, so that's why I put them at number three. Now, I number four is Pachuca. Now, I get it. On paper, Pachuca should, in theory, be a better team than Pumas. I definitely get it. But this is for the sake of off-season moves. And when it comes to the off-season, you know, they didn't have too much movement on Pachuca's side. And they've also dealt with a lot of stuff this past season. Tonya East left unexpectedly they just only recently announced their new full-time coach in Octavio Valdez. So I that's you know it's not to say that Pachuca isn't like a top top team. I know they just got rid of Paola Lopez, but look at all, you look at all <laughs> the players that they still have. Obviously TMJ athlete starting Corral, Norma fox then you got Monica Ocampo, Viridiana Salazar, Natalia Gomez Junco, Lucero Cuevas, and then they just added Daniela Arias. I mean, I think for them it's just about creating that foundation you know whereas Pumas and all the other teams yeah. that we kind of talked about where it's like no there's been something consistent and now they just have to keep at it I think but I think what we thought was going to be you know day one last season is going to start this season and it'll be really interesting to see how they find their footing um, you know in the right way and it's also a team that had been in the ES before and just kind of you know didn't necessarily crumble but we've always mentioned that Pachuca has also been one of the teams that actually has tried to be part of the proper investing in their women's side. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of those pioneering teams, and they just haven't quite found it since they got to that final that very first season. So, I don't know. I I still see them potentially fighting for a Liga spot going into this season, though.
1: I yeah, I, I think they have to. <laughs> I think it's reached the point where um, results really need to start coming in because I. If, I mean, we 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 talk about how powerful Tigres, Monterrey are now America with all these transfers, um, which are usually what people pick up on. And they're like, "Oh, wow, this team is doing really great things." But I mean, Pachuca doesn't need really great transfers to show how much support they've given to the to their women's team. So I, I think it's just a matter of them again. Like I I thought you mentioned it really well. I think they just need that foundation, and then they'll they'll probably results will probably come in because I think that's what they've been lacking. I mean. We've seen lots of changes um, in the coaching position. Yara Bezpejo, then she went to like a position as sports director. Uh, then she left. Uh Naiz, and she had to go as well. So I think it's, yeah, as, as soon as they get that foundation, um, also counting on Charlene now having a really great season because I think she was still kind of feeling like the repercussions of, of the injury she had when she was back in Spain. So now that I think that she's had... Um, like, decent time to get, like, better and just get to know the team, I think now is we're, we're, we're probably going to see her a lot, like, perform a lot better with Pachuca. So, yeah, as long as they have, that foundation, because the players are there. I mean, you have a leadership roles, You have experienced roles. You have younger players. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, like, building the puzzle and then just keep it going. I think that's the key for Pachuca.
0: And they definitely, I do feel like they were pushing for that fine, like that they had that final push at the end of the season, this past season, it just wasn't enough, unfortunately, um, but I yeah, think it was just too late. If, yeah, it was just too late. And I feel like now they're going to be like, okay, we know we're capable of, you know, winning games and, and starting to get points. And I think, you know, you know, they definitely have to find their footing. And I think, well, yeah, they'll definitely be, uh, you know, a super strong team, hopefully, in theory. Coming in in last place for the same reason Rayadas was in last place in their category is Santos Femenil, um, just because they haven't had any movement this preseason. But (laughs) uh, same thing as Rayadas, if it's not broke, I don't think they need to fix it. Also a team that had their first historic qualification into Liga this past season. And I think Mm -hmm. this is a team out of all the ones that we've talked about that is really, really, finding their place. Um, you know, we did have a player, uh, Lucy Lara, um, come on our pod, and it just felt like whatever they experienced in 2020 really impacted them, but it was about all about that fight, and you saw it the way that they played um, game in and game out to the very end, even in the league. Yeah, and I, I just think that it's, you know, whatever Jorge Campos is doing, it's working really well. We've had players that are finally getting national team um. Attention, excuse me, and I, I, I don't know. They came in last place because of their 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 off their, their lack of preseason movement. But I do still see them being hopefully a, a dangerous team uh, this season as well.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we spoke about this probably like a couple seasons ago. As long like whenever Santos got like could actually finish translating the success they've had with their senior men's side, uh, bringing in players from the youth level and kind of like just making sure that they understand the process. If they could translate that into the feminist, they were going to be a strong squad right away because that's what Santos does. They're really great at finding young talent, bringing it in, uh, growing it, and making sure they understand the identity of the club. And then they do so well. That's why Santos on the men's side has had so many players go off to other teams, to Chivas to America. So if they had like that same process, that same information for the women's side, it was just inevitable for them to start doing well um, just as soon as they got that done.
0: Yeah, so definitely excited to see what they do. Um, moving on to its own kind of ex- like random category, um, and big thank you to um, Melissa Hernandez, a person that runs the Chivas Feminine ap- account for suggesting this as I was writing this piece. Um, but honorable mention goes to Juarez Feminil. Um, I, I don't necessarily see them as fighting for a title. I don't see them as even making the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're not, I don't know what to make of them. It's just an honorable mention when it comes to this preseason because they were actually uh, a team that made a really great announcement um, right after the season ended where they were saying that their organization is actually going to completely redefine and restructure their feminist side completely independent from the men's side. So this includes creating um, uniforms that are completely different from the men's side. Sometimes they're kind of similar, if you've noticed, for certain teams. Um, but this one will be just like complete. They actually actually also announced uh, the uniforms. I think about two or three days ago. So it's like a complete restructuring of the of the team. Um, They're going to be working to fill the stadium with more fans, um, specifically targeted for the women. So it's a really cool initiative that I think uh, Juarez Femini is putting together. And then on top of that, they've also signed three really experienced players to help with the growth of the team. This is Paulina Solis, who's coming from Pachuca. Uh, Andrea Hernandez from Rayadas, and Susana Romero from Rayadas. So, don't know. I, I, I don't know what Juárez is going to do. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I, I, I don't know, but it's kind of cool to see this happening from Juárez.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think um, I love the uniforms. By the way, I think those are <laughs> really awesome. To be honest,
0: Liga MX uniforms are so good all the time. They, I want. I know, them.
1: right? I just wish they were easier to get. Some of them are really complicated. But I mean, I really love like like the blue turquoise one. That was that was a pretty cool uniform. I don't I don't think I've seen that like on any uniform like before. Like the purple and the turquoise, and I don't know, it's awesome color. So yeah, I mean, if if they start putting that much attention into like bring building up the team, which I'm pretty sure they have. Like again, Cardiff has that identity where like they have this obligation to start building the team within the city. Um, also, nationally, obviously, but like if they start doing all those things that get people excited, bringing in players with experience to start making a difference on the field, I mean, even that, like the, the new uniform, stuff like that, it really gets people excited and interested in what they're doing. So, hopefully, that'll also translate onto better performances on the field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I, like I keep saying, I don't know what to make of them. I mean, I think the initiative is cool. I think the push to kind of create this individual. Branding from feminine side, while still, you know, something I've always uh, commented is that, you know, the passion and the ability mm-hmm. to gain organic followers because you are part of the men's organizations helps a lot with what happens with the Liga Max feminine. Um, But I do appreciate when they're like, we, they kind of like reflect and realize, okay, we really have to do something for the feminine side. And I like that Juarez is trying it. Um, we'll see, as you mentioned, whether that actually um, <laughs> Is something that translates onto the field, but we'll definitely wait and see. My last category is team. It, it feels like not much effort was given, and I no disrespect to none of the, any of the teams I didn't mention in this power rankings, but this was this was just something that I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't. It doesn't feel very strategic. And you were once in a good place, and now you're in a really bad place. And this coveted award for the 2022 preseason goes to Atlas Feminine. You lost Allison, Samayoa resigns, and it's not like Atlas has ever been known to make that significant of moves. I think their only huge move was Allison. I mean, you could argue even um, Veronica Perez at one point, but I have no idea what's going to happen with Atlas in the (laughs) worst way possible. It just feels like this might be a very bad time for for Atlas.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) thought... I saw a meme I think it was yesterday which would just like really just it, it was just perfect and it was like you know someone with a stick and they were like kicking like the Atlas logo being like hey come on move we're, we're expecting something like <laughs> are you alive um so I thought it was it was sad at the same time So I was like oh man I really don't expect that to happen from a team like Atlas um but yeah it was just something curious and i was like yeah but it really just goes to show what what happening. fans are just impatient they're not happy with letting guys go obviously but i think they're even just angrier because no players have come in either so yeah definitely um will be interesting to see if they make some last minute moves which i don't think so but i mean they still could technically so let's see
0: I, I mean the the Allison move is a huge blow. I would I would of course it is, but I would almost say that it's it was more telling for me to see Samayoa leave because I feel yeah, like yeah. he would. I feel like he's one of the better coaches in Liga Max Feminine. I mean I think Chorda maybe like two seasons ago was like one of the top coaches for me, but Samayo was definitely up there. Like he was one or two most times. Like I don't. There was just something that worked between him and obviously Allison being like a pro, like a top. You know, like their entire system worked around Allison, if you will. But I think losing him is like you essentially like I know we've been talking about kind of creating a foundation with all these other teams that we talked about. But this is like your entire foundation just completely crumbled at last. And it doesn't feel like there's any preparation or there's any plan B for you guys to be like, no, 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 we're, we're going to work on this. And it's kind of telling, as we've said before in recent podcasts, especially given that their men's side just won. You know, and I think when it comes to this kind of um, partnership with their with their two sides, you know, when two teams win, it's it's celebrated. We've seen it with America. We've seen it with with Tigres, with Rayadas. And it just felt like it just feels like, while we're going to see what the men's side does after winning their super historic uh, tournament. You know, I I hope that the feminist side doesn't suddenly crash and burn, although it does kind of seem that way.
1: Yeah, I I still can't forgive them for not giving Addison, you know, like, the proper welcome. I think she deserved last season. Um, I mean, yeah, I I still regret that decision of not having her, like, get, like, the golden ball, the best youth player of the season, like, midway through the final, like, Estayo Jalisco just packed with fans. Um, and then obviously after that, knowing that they actually won the final. So, yeah, I, w- I, wish, um, I wish that would have happened. And especially now after she left, I, I, it would have been amazing for her to actually have like that opportunity to be in front of a packed Atlas stadium with Atlas fans. Yep, yep, yep. So, I mean, that's it in terms
0: of the rankings that I gave As I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that feels like the highlights of, of the preseason. I don't know if any teams I didn't mention. Stood out for you that that we should talk about before we go ahead and let everybody know about the schedule for this week.
1: Um, no, I think um, I'm trying to remember if we missed like any other players, but I, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I was remembering the yes, yeah, I think after the final had something like 15 plus cases of COVID, which I, fortunately I think they they got through. Um, until now, no, other, no, no game has been postponed. I think it was only. Uh, I'm trying to remember if they postponed it, but because of the final, I'm trying to remember. But other than that, it seems as though they've been doing okay. I think Bournemouth had three players test positive. Yeah. But just looking at the men's side, it's not as bad <laughs> as it could be.
0: Yeah, I I know the teams are starting to bring that back again. Where like they're announcing every week, like we tested, and now because I know they kind of slowed that down once everything started kind of getting a little bit better, but now they're bringing it back. Where it's like, by the way, we tested everybody. There's three people that have been positive, and they're gonna be isolated. So yeah, Reyes was definitely one of them after the final. But it does seem like they're getting. Yeah, their, yeah. yeah does... their
1: first game. I, I just checked it. It's Monterrey. They're gonna play that game all the way until February. So yeah, despite yeah. that, the rest of the league has been doing quite well because. I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but the men's side has been totally, just. I mean, you, you, I, I think it's just like 2020 all over again with the amount of cases, like COVID tests, tests we've gotten. So hopefully it won't reach the 78 as well. Yeah.
0: So kicking out for another one tomorrow is Mazatlan versus Cruz Azul. Um, ask your friends for that one. That'll be uh, tomorrow. Then on Saturday, we have Pumas versus León. That one will be available on 2 um, Sunday, we've got Puebla versus Toluca, ask your friends. <laughs> then we got Juarez versus San Luis, Antudene. And then Monday, the Liga Mex Femenil, we kick it off with Necaxa versus Tigres, um, Antudene. You have America versus Atlas. So Allison, I mean, she's injured, so she's probably not going to play, but um, right off the bat just america versus atlas so a team that had fantastic signings versus a team that lost a lot uh, so definitely <laughs> it'll definitely be interesting how that works out that'll be available on through the n you've got pachuca versus chivas this should be a very interesting game this will be available on fox sport in mexico so um very likely you know you'll probably find it on some stream or something then we got Cholos versus santos um, that'll likely be available on Cholos Femini's YouTube or a Facebook account because they usually stream their home games. And then as and- Adriana just mentioned, um, Rayadas versus Querétaro has been rescheduled. Um, so Liga Mex Femini is back. i super excited. I know that there's been a ton of growth these like past two or three months or so with a lot of people trying to cover it and watch it. And super exciting to be able to, to provide you guys content here um, on our end. So I, we know we have a ton of soccer coming out. Um I just want to thank you guys so much for, for following us and, and following the Liam X Femini. So definitely enjoy it. Um moving on, because every so often we like to throw the men a little bit of bone. Liam X Men's side has come with all of its fire that Adriana was mentioning <laughs> earlier. So we're not going to give it as much attention because you know what? This is a this is for Mexican. This is Liam X Feminine safe space, but we're still gonna talk about the men's side. So uh, some notable signings from this, from this preseason, obviously, Córdoba to Tigres, You got Buesa to San Luis, Leo Fernandez to Toluca, Roberto Alvarado to Chivas, and Tuna, Charlie Rodriguez, Eric Lira, and Alejandro Mayorga have been announced to Cruz Azul. Luis Romo heads to Monterrey. Adriana, let's just give you your space. Let's just give you your corner because, um, you know, aside from Roberto Alvarado and some players. Oh, I have to bend. <laughs> been, there's been a lot of stuff going on not, and on top of that decides, <laughs>
1: and
0: on top of that Amari decides to get uh twitter friendly online so Adriana, for you how's Chivas looking this season what do you what are you feeling
1: how's it going you know you know how Chivas usually says hey um we only struggle during the off season because other clubs won't sell Mexican players to us and if they do they'll be like really expensive like After seeing how many Mexican players got switched around, I mean, I understand we're probably not doing too well as a club financially, but oh, man. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> there were just so many players going around, which I would have loved to have. I mean, you have Luis Romo going out over to Monterrey. Uh, Charlie Rodriguez was a huge pickup for Cruz Azul. Um, Córdoba was off. I mean, apparently from what I've been hearing from other reporters, I mean, that was just like a done deal. It was just like last minute things that happened and he ended up going to Tigres but it was it was really like I mean they they had like the paperwork that I think they had like like publicity stuff already done for Cordoba with 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 Chivas it was that like it was that event Um, so I I really regretted that I I love Piojo coming over but it just seems like it's definitely not enough you know so, yeah, it's really sad to see other players um, join other clubs and, and be really exciting. I mean, I'm looking at what Cruz Azul is doing, and I'm like, are you guys kidding me? I mean, they had such a, like, huge problems with the club and, and the entire, like, like, company. Like, a year ago, they had people being fired and people that are, like, are, I mean, police looking for, like, former owners, you know, and all that kind of legal stuff happening. And now you're bringing all these players which are really, really exciting for Cruz Azul. And then I look at Chia and I'm like, man, I mean, it's not that I don't want that, but on the contrary, I think it's great, way to, like, what a great player to have, it's, I just wish we had like what the other guys have as well, you know? So yeah, definitely it seems as though it just wasn't enough, right? And then there was this, this really curious thing. Um, Uriel Antunas, wife. Posted a video which was just made viral a few hours ago, where she's asking her husband, "Hey, what's what's going on? Where are we like where where we gonna live next season?" You know, and then he was like, <laughs> "I'm going to go and I'm waiting for the transfers to stop, and it's I, we'll, we'll know at 5 p.m." And then he says, "Uriel Mtsuna says um, something like it was gonna be Santos, but it didn't come through. Something happened. It, it just it, like the transfers off." And she was like, "Really? Were we going to Santos?" And I was like, oh my God, if that was going to happen, I'm pretty sure Eduardo Aguirre would have been close to signing to Chivas because they've wanted him for several seasons. The only thing that's been happening is that Santos, I believe, didn't want to have players being switched over. They actually they wanted to for them to actually buy the money, buy me by the player. So if that was going to happen, that was a really great sign, having Mudo Aguirre go to I have no idea what happened, but I mean, this is just because what we hear on the video is apparently Uriel Laguna was going over to Santos. And if, I'm just guessing that that would have opened the door for then um, Aguirre making it to Chivas. That would have been amazing. I have no idea what happened, but again, this sucks. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, I hope that, I mean, I hope it's enough. It doesn't seem as though it will be, to be honest. And they still have time to switch around players. Because um, I have no idea why they switched this around, but apparently th- th- there's like a new rule since last season that says players can switch teams even if they play with, with their former team during the season. So usually what happened before is you could switch another player all the way like, like until jornada four or five uh, without any problems, as long as they hadn't played with the other team, right? You could, you could switch around like, I don't, let's, let's, let's say Cordoba could go to Chivas as long as he hadn't played for America. That was the previous role. Now they switched it around, and it says, even if a player, let's say Cordova, that was playing for America first week or two, three, four, they could sw- still switch over to Chivas as long as it's before, I think, February 5th or something. So, <laughs> fingers crossed, that means Chivas still has a chance to bring in other players before that happens. But, yeah, it just seems as though it's, I don't know, it's, gotta be difficult and it it just seems as though the club is is struggling to to get those players so I don't know hopefully they'll get another one you know
0: (laughs) yeah it definitely feels as though like there's I I I, and I and I follow Twitter I follow Chivas Twitter at this point for for religious fun like it's very fun to see not the feminine side specifically the men's side and the way that everybody gets it feels a certain way Uh, but I almost sympathize with them at this point because it does feel like the ongoing joke is like, what is going on over there? What is happening? You obviously have Antuna coming out about him not being part of the system. By the way, I am like, <laughs> I am so excited to see what Crystal soul does with Antuna, because if they try to play him down to the wing and just have him give effective crosses, like people, I feel like we've seen this over and over and over again. We've seen it since the galaxy. Like, no, you can't utilize him in that way. You have to use him a little bit less if you want more. Like, come on, you guys, yeah. let's get it together um but it yeah it just feels like for Chivas it's just a bad time I mean who knows maybe maybe they won't maybe it won't be too bad I mean I know in theory Leona wasn't even supposed to be the long-term coach you know what I mean they were supposed to just use them temporarily and then really 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 recruit somebody that they really wanted and then obviously that didn't work out so very interested I I do want to also ask you because there's been a lot of discussions obviously like you mentioned why wasn't Chivas part of this kind of like shaking things up from team to team but where do you stand on these? All these players just kind of staying in the league and not heading off. I mean, aside from Orbelin Pineda, uh, which had already made his way to Spain, you know, how are yeah. you feeling about like them not more players not moving that way? Not playing, more I, I, I
1: think it's. I think it's it's really gonna hurt the league in the long run. Um, they'll probably won't see it like immediately because yeah, hey hey, Cordobas in Tigres. I mean, Roma went to Monterrey. Charlie uh, Rodriguez went to Cruz Azul. I mean those are really great moves. But I think as a league and probably thinking about the national team, I think in the long run it's gonna be a huge mistake. I think teams should be really struggling to make sure they, they sell players, not only because they, they'll benefit from it economically, but just because you, you do need to start if, I think they would even benefit if they started thinking they have to do it because that means they have really like even higher level players on their on their squad. If yeah. you just think about players that are really well, yeah, that's that's only what's gonna happen. You're gonna have really good players and yeah, you'll probably sell them off to another team the same way you're gonna bring in um, and buy players from other teams as well. But if you start thinking about players that actually have to, you have to act, actually sell to Europe, um, then you're gonna have players that are really gonna make a huge, an even bigger difference on the field just before they leave. And I think they really need that. I mean, I look at the national team and I'm like, I'm like, wow, I remember when Chitarito was there, when Massa Rodriguez was there, when Carlos Salcido was there. It wasn't just only like the amount of players you had abroad, but they were like they were playing fairly regularly and they were doing a difference on the field for their teams. I mean, I remember PSC being a champion. You know, with Salcido, you had Osorio in, in the Bundesliga as well. I mean, you start seeing all these players um, really make a difference in the league, despite not being as many as the MLS has has, has sent over, right? But definitely, I mean. It, it it is starting to worry that they're just so comfortable over here and and clubs aren't going like going the extra mile to make sure that they're actually going somewhere and i i really fear for what that will mean for the national team because it just means we're just stuck in the same place i mean you're just comfortable you're not getting out of your comfort zone at, at all i mean we were
0: talking about it before we started recording right this idea where things are kind of getting not bad or worse, but right things are kind of escalating when it comes to cases and, and infections and all that. Where I was like, hey, do you think that they're going to potentially cancel the league? And I think because of the way that everything was hit so hard last year, you know, just like we're seeing in the U.S. and kind of like this you know, corporate capitalism obligation, you know, they under they understand that financially they can't afford for that to happen again. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play through it. And in a way, I guess I can kind of understand that not just from a club standpoint, from a player standpoint, right? You want to be financially comfortable. You want to, you know, in theory, make as much money, you know, for to make, to be very blunt. You want to make as much money as you can in the short amount of time you have in your career. But where does that priority overtake, you know, like you're mentioning, that performance level, right? And I think right now immediately they're thinking nah, this is fine. I'll make my money. And if things go bad or if things get closed off, I'll be secure, but it, it, there needs to be more. And, it, and it's a hard discussion to have right as a player. Cause you never know when your time can end, but you do, you do kind of worry, you know, you do kind of worry. And mm-hmm. even if you want to kind of ignore the hot takes of all these MLS players or all these little, you know, American Academy players heading that way, it, you do start wondering. All right, when are we going to start making that jump? When are more players going to want to go that way? Um, and are and like you said, is that motivation to do well for your new team that you signed for making a ton of money? Is that still going to be there? Like, are you going to still want to move, or are you just going to be like, Nah, I'll be comfortable in Mexico. Play for this team. Head over this way. I know our joke is like recycled coaches, but the last thing we want to see is just over, over, and over recycled players.
1: Yeah, agreed. I agree. They, they have to change mentality, and that has to come It's not only from the players. I mean, I applaud any player that really is seeking to just leave and not be comfortable and know that they're probably going to leave um, a team that's going to pay them better, right? But just just because of the growth they're going to have. I mean, we saw it, for instance, with Nacho Ambris. He went over to Spain after winning everything with Leon, just leaving any comfortable position. Probably, I'm pretty sure he was earning less in Spain than he did here. Um, he didn't have a great run but I'm just so happy he tried I mean that's that's what we need from players we need them to be able to do that and usually when you see former players talk about this the first thing that they'll say is there's like a lack of mentality there's a lack of like really strong characters of knowing what you want as a player and just making sure you remember how much you struggled first of all to make it professionally because most of these players they really struggle sometimes with the youth system and then coming in from second division, third division teams and actually getting an opportunity because we have so many foreign-born foreign players. It's really difficult to actually get minutes on the pitch. And then once they get it, they kind of forget how how difficult it was and they're like, oh, time doesn't stay here. Why why not keep that mentality of wanting more, you know? So that's usually what, what I hear. Um, usually when when I talk to Guadalupe Blanco, for instance, who was really critical about what happened at America last season, um, and now as, as, as a governor, but usually when they bring up like what's going on with the national team, I think he says, Oh man, if they could just give me a, a jersey, I put it on and I show these guys what it's all about because they're just lacking that, like that character. And, and, and I agree. You usually see them on the pitch and it's not that they're not, that they're bad players and not that they're playing poorly, but you used to see players there were a lot more aggressive, like mentally speaking, you know? So I really hope that something happens that makes sure that like, it switches around mentality because I really think it's also dangerous as a national team to start having players that are just so comfortable and not used to having like those those kinds of obstacles and just know how to get through them. Right. We have players that are playing, that are just living comfortably and it translates on the field. You're not used to having things not go your way. So why would things be different on the field? Like why would things be different in the world cup? If you're not really doing that, just all those differences on a day-to-day basis.
0: There's cautionary tales, right? JJ Macias is not necessarily finding the right rhythm in Spain. You know, Santi Unos for all the hype that was given to him is kind of getting lost within the development system over at Newcastle, right? But then you have somebody like like Johan, who's over in Genoa and depending, I mean, maybe Genoa doesn't do that great as a team, but he is getting those minutes. He is consistently playing. Um, You know, Raul, we've talked about a lot where he never really found his footing until he got to Wolves because he was, I mean, Benfica was kind of like a good track, but it wasn't until Wolves where he really found himself. Then you have Hector Herrera, who's virtually non-existent over at Atlético. Have no idea what's going on with the Gatito at Porto. You know I mean, so I, I understand it's a very complicated process, but you do think of it, you know, if this is your profession, if you are a player, you have to be proactive. You have to understand. I mean, the other discussion, of course, is this idea of like the passports, right? It's a lot easier in yeah. theory for somebody here in the U.S. to make it as opposed to in Mexico. I mean, look at Ochoa and all the different obstacles he had to face. Um, and it's a super com- complicated conversation, but it yeah, I, I, it'd be it'd be naive of us to be like, nah, this doesn't mean anything or no pasa nada, you know. But it is. It it does it does it does start to have you become worried about what's happening and. Um, you know, or ironically enough, Orbelín. You know, he's not my cup of tea, and he's heading off to Europe. And I'm like, I hope you do well. So, you know, we'll definitely just just have to see what what goes on moving there. Um, before we close that Liga talk, uh, just a reminder that Tigres versus Santos and Pumas versus Toluca have both been postponed, so they won't be um, happening. I think it's only like two or three days, right, Adina? Yeah, the
1: Pumas Toluca game was supposed to be played on Sunday. It will now be played on Monday. Uh, the Santos Tigres game was supposed to be on Saturday, and now it's switching over to Wednesday, the 12th. So the thing is, with, with like the new protocol says that if a team has seven to ten players test out positive, they'll switch the game within the same jornada. And if they have ten or more, then it'll be played some other time, depending on just how many players and, and just negotiating with the club. So yeah, I mean, it's a huge amount of players to test out positive, but we just had that for D I think there were 12. So that's why they're switching over that game from this Saturday to next Wednesday. And then Pumas, uh, Toluca, I, I, I don't remember how many players tested positive for Toluca, but uh, um, Pumas also has a couple. So yeah, that only switched over a day. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was kidding with, with, with some guys from work um, just earlier. I was like, isn't it going to be easier for us to... Just Write a story with about the team that hasn't had any players that held positive because it's just pretty much everybody. I, um, Monterrey couldn't present officially Luis Roma today. He couldn't have a press conference because he tested positive. Diaz had 12 cases. So Luca, I believe it was 11. Uh, Pumas had two, I believe. And then Chivas had three. Wasn't Alvarado? Yeah, Alvarado was one of them. <laughs> um, America has three. One of them is Viña, for instance. I think the one's is Manuel Aguilera. I'm trying to remember who the third one is. And you can just keep on going. So, yeah, all probably all teams. I have 18 teams. At least we know about, I guess, 14 or 15 of them with uh, players testing positive. So, uh, hopefully, I mean, we'll find a way to make sure this doesn't keep on happening. Um, Until now, I think the only stadiums that have reduced like the amount of fans that can make it to the state, of, I think it's Monterrey, but they only like, they reduced it like from 90% to 75, I believe, or something like that. Other than that, um, state of capacity is regulated by the local government. So unless they start saying, hey, um, we have a green light right now, as it is, they have like a green light, like stoplight system. So in case they say, hey, the amount of people getting infected is now higher, we're going to switch over to, um, it, it was actually orange. They had an orange light um that's when they start shutting down businesses and they, they start like diminishing like uh, hours where you can go to work and stuff like that so unless that happens we're just gonna have the same amount of people go to the stadiums as we did last semester um so yeah that's also something that we should be just careful about hopefully people can go to stadiums and just be safe and you know wear their masks and, and just be as safe as possible so we could just keep having fans in the stadiums because otherwise um i mean I, I we just don't want 2020 to happen again you know
0: yeah, and speaking of things not potentially, hopefully not getting postponed, um, segueing over from domestic league talk to national team talk um, is the fact that World Cup qualifiers are already coming up, not just for the men's side, which start this week, uh, this month, but also the women getting their CONCACAFW qualifiers going. Um, so for the men's, we start off on January 27th against Jamaica, January 30th against Costa Rica, and then February 2nd versus Panama. This is just the first couple ones. Obviously, they're going to keep going but just for the sake of breaking down what's going to be happening with the national teams um, starting this year. Then over on the women's side for the Gaf W, we have February 17th versus Suriname. We got February 20th versus Antigua and Barbuda. And then we've got April 9th, I believe, against Antigua. I, I could be pronouncing that wrong. I apologize if I do. But Adriana kind of close out everything, um, assuming like you mentioned, everybody stays safe, everybody wears their masks, are clean, just stay protected. Your predictions for the national team, and it looks like we have a little bit more hope for the women's over, <laughs> over the men's, but <laughs> nonetheless, your predictions for the national team going into these the beginning of this year.
1: Um, for the men's side, I'm pretty sure we're going to qualify probably um, in, in the games in March, probably about the first one. I think mathematically we're just going to have like, make sure that we have that ticket just because of the difference there is with the other team. So I think, yeah, despite the fact that we're not liking how they're playing and everything that just went on last semester against like Canada and in the U.S., um, I'm pretty sure they're going to qualify early. Uh, on the women's side, I'm just oh, really before, psyched to see... Oh, Before, before yeah. I pull
0: up the men's, what do, you, what do you what do you see against Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Panama?
1: Um, it's going to be weird, though, because there's not going to be any fans at the Azteca. That really sucks for a qualifier. So I think it's Jamaica's first, right? Let me see my calendar here. Yeah, Jamaica's first. Um, I think they'll probably win. Like, they're going to struggle a bit. No, wait, Costa Rica's first. Oh no, wait, no, no, wait. It's Jamaica and then on 30th it's Costa Rica. Um, yeah, I think they're going to struggle against Jamaica just because historically we usually struggle um, visiting teams in Concacaf. Um, usually, like physically, they're a lot stronger. Um, some of them are faster, and that just takes a toll on, on how the game is played. But still, I mean, I think Mexico will, will probably win that game. Against Costa Rica, um, yeah, I, I think you'll get not an easy one, but also win. Um, for better or for worse, there won't be fans in the stands. So in case they start playing poorly, um, there won't be anyone booing them, you know, so um, sad to say, but that has been happening recently. So uh, And then the game against Panama, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to win. I think they could win all three of them, to be honest. Um, I love your yeah, office. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. they I might get a draw somewhere I just hope it's not Yaseka otherwise things are going to get I mean people are not going to be really happy if we get a draw after losing against Canada and the U.S. despite being a way game so yeah
0: yeah I mean I don't see them doing bad I, I just I like I, I don't I think see them doing they, enough you know per, that's oh my god you said it perfectly yeah I see them doing enough but like my heart wants them to do good. And so I have very low expectations of them doing good, but you hit it. You said it perfectly. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with that. They're going to do enough.
1: Yes. They're going to do enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then for the, and then for the women's, uh, for the women, I'm just, I'm just I'm so, so happy. <laughs> I'm just so happy because it, like we're finally going to see like what all the effort Funkers have has put into making sure that we have more games every year. Um, still kind of nervous because we don't know what to expect from all these rivals. We haven't played against them. I don't know if ever, but I, I just, some of them, we really don't know like what they're about. So despite the fact that I do think um, we're, we have more experience, um, still physically these teams can be really challenging. So I'm just, uh, really anxious to learn about them get to know them a bit, a bit closer it's really difficult sometimes to follow these teams whenever you're not playing against them so to see how the region is doing in general will, will be really interesting i do think monica vergara has her like she has her starting lineup set i mean she's probably going to change it depending on who she plays and and also how many players are available but um i do think last year was just a ton of experience testing out players um, calling up uh, playing in a different in different positions so it'll be really interesting to see that now uh, in the world cup qualifiers so i don't think they'll struggle enormously they might at first because it is like the first official tournament they're going to play with monica Vergara. and again you had tons of changes last year but they were all because you needed to get to know the players so i just think it's going to be really interesting and as long as they make it through and then come into the summer really strong because um, the format with, these, with, the, with the W Championship is best six teams will join Canada and the U.S. over the yep. summer, then they'll play um, two groups of four, and then all four semifinalists make it to the World Cup, um, plus a third team, uh, plus a fifteen, I think has to play the Intercontinental Playoffs, right? So that yep. would be really interesting to see. And then obviously, they're also going to uh, play for tickets to the Olympics and to the Women's Gold Cup. So, I mean, first of all, let's, let's get that World Cup ticket first of all. And then I'm pretty sure we'll get the Gold Cup ticket um, later on. But, um, yeah, hopefully that'll happen. I, I just think that in itself will be just a really great success for the women's program.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this is, for lack of better a better phrase, this is going to be the very easy round of qualifications for them. First of all, it's exciting to know that there's going to be qualification rounds that are like really you know, probably easily televised for this game. I mean, in theory, or we can stream it, you know, but it's going to be something that we're definitely going to keep our eye on. Um, But it's also a place where going along with that easiness, if you will, where I feel like, like you mentioned, Vergara has her system. She's understand, her players are understanding how to play it. I think they're going to, I hope they look very strong going into these matches. Again, we don't know what these teams are like. We don't know exactly Um, You know, we don't want to count them out or underestimate them, but this is where you definitely show, hey, we've been doing all this homework and this is our final product or, or, you know, a close to a final product before they go into the really difficult rounds going into the summertime. So I'm very excited for these matches. I'm very excited to see the players um, see how she, you know, kind of mix and matches it. Like I mentioned, because of the kind of like the the easier aspect of this phase. But yeah, definitely excited to watch those games coming up in February.
1: Yeah, agreed. Definitely, really exciting to see. Um, just everything is going to go on, and it's it's so weird to know that you're going to have both national teams like just play for a World Cup ticket the same year. You usually, I mean, obviously the, the, the women's side changed a lot because we, with the format in Concacaf. Um, and despite the fact that that World Cup is, doesn't happen until next year, but you do get to know who who goes this year. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty weird that that happens. Um, also has to do because I mean Qatar is all the way uh, will happen all the way until November. So yeah, kind kind of odd. But hopefully that'll also bring in like together that, that like like national Mexican national team identity together, which um, which I I think it benefit both teams as well most definitely
0: most definitely Adriana as always this this is a new year but it's the same our football podcast we went through so many topics today I can't (laughs) believe I can't believe we got through them we I hope you guys enjoyed our comprehensive coverage is there anything else you'd like to
1: say to our listeners before we go um just like once more happy new year hope you guys are safe hope you guys have a great start of the year and there's probably no better way to do that than to start watching Liga Mexico uh, this weekend. So, yeah, just keep up with the content. Join the hashtag if you haven't. Um, we're there, it's hashtag League ENG and League ENG. And yeah, hopefully it'll be a great season for everybody.
0: For sure, for sure. Did your lights come back on,
1: by the way? Are they, are they yeah, they did.
0: <laughs> See, you're right. This new age, we don't even lose our lights for that long. Yeah. But like Adina said, keep up with the content. Make sure you follow all the hashtags. Make sure you follow all the teams. Talk to your friends if you can't find any streams. Um, Just enjoy the soccer. Um, make sure you stay safe. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Get vaccinated. Please it Takes five seconds. My Both my sons did it. They cried for about a minute and then it was over. <laughs> so stay safe. Stay warm um, and keep up with all the content because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.